Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the greatest show on the internet. This is the RR Show, bringing you the hottest and the best Reddit stories that you've ever heard. And today, we're jumping into episode 170 with a little venture into r slash nuclear revenge. So, sit tight, buckle up, grab your tea and your popcorn, and let's go with our first story from Lammy2175. What's his most prized possession? I will destroy it. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This happened back in 1988. The story involves my stepdad, dad, biological dad, Donald Duck, and my sister, sis. The person who exacted the revenge has passed now, so it should be safe to relate. I hope it meets the requirements for nuclear revenge. It's a revenge that would warrant prison time, I believe. I was living outside the country when this happened, so my sister relayed all the information to me about a year after it happened. We recently got together again and went over the events again. My biological parents married when they were very young and Donald Duck was still in law school. The marriage lasted long enough to produce two children. They didn't waste time in those days. My sister, who is 14 months my elder, and myself. They were divorced before I was born. Donald was a serial cheater, a pathological liar, and a total asshole. He still is, well, at least a liar and an asshole. He's in his mid-70s now, so maybe not so much with the cheating. The fact that he is still working as a lawyer I think is indicative that he was never a good one, as he evidently doesn't have enough to retire. I've looked up reviews on him online, and it's funny to see that most reviewers say that he is not only a terrible lawyer, but also a horrible person. When Sis was 22, she was a single mother, and my nephew, her son, was around three. Her company transferred her to another state. She discovered Donald Duck lived in a town near her new work location and thought that he might be able to help her get her bearings in a new place. For a short time, when we were teenagers, he has some sporadic involvement in our lives after moving to a neighboring city. It was mostly him trying to impress us with how cool and rich he thought we should think he was. So, though it had been a few years since she had seen him, it's not like they were complete strangers. In any case, Donald Duck agreed to let Sis move into his apartment with him. His girlfriend at the time, of course, many years his junior, and her nine-month-old child, not Donald's, until she was able to find her own place. 
He also offered to allow her to keep her belongings in his storage unit. Sis took him up on his offer. Never did Donald Duck make any reference to being paid for the use of the storage unit or paying for utilities at the apartment. Sis stayed for three months and did her best to get out as quickly as she could and as far as she could once she became more familiar with the area. Living with him was hard. Did I mention he's an arsehole? And her young son would find his pregnant lady porno mags around the apartment. This is obviously pre-internet. Mr. Duck's young girlfriend was able to help with babysitting, something Sis paid her for. So Sis gets her own apartment, but of all her things, her son's toys, furniture, her furniture, household items, everything but her own bed was still in the storage unit. So she called him to figure out how she could get her things back. But he seemed to want to hang on to them for some reason. He said, you owe girlfriend money for babysitting and you can't get your things back until you pay her. She said, have you talked to her? I've paid her everything I owe her. He puts down the phone and talks to girlfriend and she confirms that she has been paid. He then says, well, you owe a third of the utilities for the time you were here. She reminded him that he had never said anything about that. He gets a little heated and she's feeling desperate and angry and shouts an accusation of something he did to her when she was very young. A totally different story. He responds, have you ever told anyone that? She says, no. He says, if you ever do, I will wring your fucking neck. And the conversation ends. She'd given up and thought she would never see her things again. About 20 minutes later, she gets a call from an acquaintance who had actually gone on one or two dates with Donald before she met my sister. He tells my sis that Mr. Duck had just called her asking if sis had ever told her anything that he might have done to sis, hinting at the accusation sis had made. Sis had never told anyone and the acquaintance told Donald as much. Sis later calls my stepdad, whom we have always considered to be our dad. He is the only father we knew growing up, and he was in the picture since before we were old enough to remember. He married my mum when I was an infant, and my sister was a toddler. They were married 40 years until my mum's death. The guy absolutely had a lot of faults, passed on 2017, and we often felt better when he wasn't around, but he tried, and it's not easy raising someone else's kids. And he was our dad, as far as we were concerned. He actually legally adopted us. He had a lot of issues, but he absolutely hated to see someone be taken advantage of because they were in a weaker position. In other words, he hated a bully, and Donald Duck was being a bully. When I was in first grade, I rode a school bus with middle and high school students. There were a couple of kids who would bully me. When he found out, he confronted the bully's dads and it ended. Another time, I was in the third grade and driving somewhere with him in his pickup around town and he saw two young teenagers destroying a bicycle that he assumed they had stolen. He stopped and confronted them with his big framing hammer. A Vaughn 16 ounce, I have one like it in his honor. Years later, he broke my mum out of a mental institution by threatening the director, or some doctor, I'm not sure I was young, with that same hammer. Yes, we were a fun family. Anyway, when Sis calls him explaining that Donald Duck is holding all of her possessions hostage, and she doesn't know what to do, he tells her that he knows several crips who would be happy to rough him up and wouldn't even want to be paid. They'd do it for pleasure. 
Dad was very bothered that Donald was keeping his grandson's things from him and wanted to hurt Mr. Duck. Sis declines this offer. He then asks, what is the thing that he values most in the world? She responds, his car. His car at that point was a Porsche he'd purchased new just a few years before. It wasn't quite the absolute entry-level model, but pretty close. Of course, he had all kinds of arguments about why it was actually better than the more expensive ones. Obviously, it was red. Dad was trying to come up with a way not only to get revenge, but to scare Mr. Duck enough to force him to give back Sis her things. Sis said she was fine with whatever he wanted to do if it got her belongings back, but wanted to make sure none of it could be traced back to her. Nothing happens until about a month later and Donald Duck calls Sis out of the blue as if nothing had ever happened and asks, Hey, when would you like to come and get your things? How about this Saturday? Evidently, he had some change of heart that is unexplained to this day. She said, sure. She didn't trust him, so she didn't go alone. She was able to get a male friend to go with her. She gets a U-Haul and just picks up her stuff and gets out. That very evening, she tried several times to call Dad to let him know that she got her things back and all was well. No need for any drastic measures. But it was too late. The wheels had been set in motion. He never answered the phone. Remember, this is pre-cell phone day, so when you're not at home, you don't answer. Sis calls mum, who was living separately from dad for a time. It's complicated. Telling her she can't reach dad. Mum says dad is sick, and that's probably why he's not answering the phone. At 11.30pm, Sis gets a call from Donald's girlfriend, who asks her, What are you doing? Sis replies, I'm at home in bed. Why? She responds, Someone just blew up Donald's car. Sis's heart drops. She obviously knew who did it. The police ask Donald Duck who would want to do this to him, and he answers, My sis's name. So she becomes suspect number one. Sis asks girlfriend if Donald is scared. Girlfriend says yes. They're spending the night in a hotel. Fortunately, the call from girlfriend to Sis just a few minutes after the explosion gave Sis her alibi. Sis lived over 30 minutes away and could not have answered her home phone if she'd been the one to ignite the bomb. The bomb did its job well. It turned the Porsche into an unrecognizable wreck, took out the adjacent car, the Porsche was parked at the end of the carport so there was only one car next to it, and destroyed many feet of the carport above both cars. I'm guessing the tank in the Porsche was near full. Just after Sis gets off the phone, she calls Mum, telling her that someone blew up Mr. Duck's car and she thinks it was Dad. While she's on the phone with Mum, another call comes in. Call waiting, a fancy feature in the days of landlines. It's Dad. He says, mysteriously, there's a box outside your door. Bring it in. You never talk to me tonight. Sis is a little afraid to open the box, but it turns out to just be some of her son's stuff that was left with his grandpa. You know, clothes and toys, etc. Months later, at Christmas, Sis asks Dad about it and he confessed. Turns out, he really was very sick physically when he pulled that stunt. Sis was touched that he'd go to so much effort and risk jail time for her, all while being ill. 
She asked him if he was scared driving back. He said yes and that every headlight behind him took to be a cop until he reached the state line. Sis found out from girlfriend that the cop said the job was very amateur, certainly not the work of a professional. But hey, he did the job. Dad told Sis he had asked a co-worker who was once a member of the aforementioned Crips about how to make a car bomb and she instructed him. He always did love blowing things up. When I was 13, we bonded over crumbling up the old colored sparklers into powder. I don't think they make the colored ones anymore, but they burned hotter. Funneling the powder into a spent CO2 cartridge, using another sparkler as a fuse and making bombs powerful enough to blow up those old metal milk cans that hold a few gallons. It was the 4th of July. Anyway, Sis says it was some sort of Molotov cocktail stuffed into the tailpipe, but I'm not sure how that would work. My idea of a Molotov cocktail is 750ml size bottle, like a wine bottle or a fifth of booze, which would not fit into the tailpipe of a four-cylinder Porsche. No, I wouldn't think. I'm guessing the diameter is no more than two inches, not big enough to fit such a bottle. Maybe he used a smaller bottle or simply a smaller container of some kind, filled with something very ignitable. I truly regret not discussing it with him personally, but we weren't close since I left home. If you didn't need him, he had a hard time having a relationship with you. Plus, I was married to a woman for many years who kept me from my parents and siblings, so I don't have better details. Thank God that 25-year marriage is over and my current wife loves my family. Sorry, but the story's true. One hilarious detail, Donald Duck continued to father offspring and date very young women. His current wife is my age exactly and he has a daughter many years younger than my youngest child. A couple of years ago, I had a conversation with one of these half-sisters, a marvellous person despite half her DNA. Her mother was never married to Donald and this sister is the age of my youngest daughter. I told her the story of the exploded Porsche. She found it very amusing because she says Donald loves to tell a story about how he was prosecuting some mob bosses and a couple of thugs came to his door trying to threaten him. Of course, being the big bad brave man he is, he did not back down. And what was his reward? Those thugs blew up his car. I think it's hilarious that he tells this story to his children, but now they know the truth. He's the biggest bullshitter I've ever met. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right, well, that was one hell of a story. Our next story is from No Cheetah 1486 How I made my landlord and neighbor pay over 14k in fines for harassing me. First of all, before I start, I'm about 80% these two are involved with each other in a romantic way, but I can't confirm. Now, I'm not an expert writer, nor am I going to spend an extended period of time making sure everything is perfect. I did a once or twice over. There's just so much, and I'm still a little frazzled by the situation. I've had difficulty putting my thoughts on paper since elementary. This doesn't mean I won't do my best. 
I'm sure there's run-on sentences and improper spelling. I don't think this is a prerequisite for sharing your experience. So I travel a lot, and I live in an RV mostly full-time. I've stayed at the same park, however, for the last nine months. I've had issues here. They've called the police on me for arguing, not joking. They'll ignore me in the office, all because there was a small mistake on the paperwork when I stayed here on an overnight nine months ago. Something happened and they tried to use that to kick me out. However, the owner said it didn't matter, and all the info is pulled from the registration, so blaming the paperwork for being off by one year on the RV as a cause for eviction was far-fetched. There was a few other instances, but I just figured it's cheap here and I can pay my rent over the phone, who cares? And don't really plan on going anywhere as where I am all the parks are full for snowbird season, plus I got a new job here. Anyways, we had a neighbor who was miserable. We could tell from day one. We also have two cats. They hang out on our porch mostly all the time. Occasionally they stray, but they're older and don't go far. So about six weeks ago, after nine months of being my neighbor and never saying a word, he started acting very erratic. Randomly approached my wife as she was washing the car outside and got in her face and started screaming, saying that he dug cat poop up out of the dirt behind his 1979 bus on bricks. And now he was going to put traps out and poison. Somehow management had heard the commotion, or he had told them to come, but they pulled up and quickly pulled him to the side to talk to him privately, refusing to even listen to us. We were very weirded out, calling him baby, sweetheart, etc. So they said, it's his space, he can trap all he wants. If your animals are going onto his property, then that's your fault. Now this park is known to have so many cats, they keep feeders by the front office. I warned them what they were doing was illegal, but they said, we've been doing this a long time and know exactly what we're doing. Call animal control if you don't believe me. I said okay, but he threatened to poison them, so I'm making a police report in case anything happens. I want him to be on record as having threatened them. They came, took the report, and oh man, did they make him mad. Still, at this point, I hadn't figured out how to get my revenge. Animal Control said it was legal and didn't do anything. We immediately got the cats microchipped and went to Lowe's to buy cat traps to teach our cats what a trap is and how to not get into one. Easiest trick I've ever taught an animal. Took one try, now they're terrified of anything resembling a trap. We were stumped. The cats were going stir-crazy. Then five days later, she leaves a letter on my door. A self-help eviction saying, I have no choice but to leave immediately, and she was turning off the power in X days. I told her if she did, I would call the local police, as that's a self-help eviction, and you've already demonstrated malice by calling the police on me for asking you a question you don't like. Assisting in the trapping of my cats while encouraging other cats to stay. Self-help evicting. And, at one point, she refused my CDC declaration letter, and I have all these things recorded on video. On top of all of this, she says he needs to start his Harley and let it run for 45 minutes to warm up, even if he's not riding. That's what Harleys need. Two foot from my bedroom window, when he knows I work nights and I'm asleep. Essentially trying to force me out. 
saying my dummy camera isn't allowed, however his real camera pointed at my space is. I was very prepared for an eviction threat as these guys get away with so much, being that they can just fret an eviction and people will just roll out in their RVs. Not me. No, no, not me. After the manager finally spoke to the owner, she realized she had dug herself into a hole and now couldn't evict me unless I had not paid rent. And as they had refused to show me a contract of any rules the entire time I've been here, they don't like to have written rules so they can change them as they need. The manager told me I was never allowed into the office unless to get my mail and I must pay rent over the phone with a card. Still though, I wasn't comfortable because my neighbor had now put out around four different traps, some as close as one foot from my property line. He still hadn't caught anything. So by chance, I ran into a property manager while out shopping for my own trap and he told me some interesting things. I did a little research and found out that trapping in Nevada is illegal without a permit. Too many protected species. So I knew the cats would never go into a trap. We did about five sessions with them and they got to the point when even if they just saw a trap, they'd go and hide. So I told the landlord, it's fine, he can keep the traps. I'd heard from a neighbor that he saw the manager opening up the storage room and loading his truck with animal traps. But he didn't know about our situation, so he was confused. This is when I put my plan together. I knew the longer he saw he was getting his way, the more traps he would put out. And the more erratic he would become. He started revving his Harley for 45 minutes about three times a day while sitting inside with the radio on blasting. Then he'd get a chop saw and cut lumber into small pieces as he could then stand 10 feet back and launch them into a steel trailer. I had around 2 gigabytes of video from my cell phone, so I only actually caught about half of it. I knew he was losing it. I put a dummy camera facing his front door, and that's what did it. He got too close and pushed my wife on camera. I had successfully driven him nuts and had what I needed for a civil harassment suit. And I just let him stew. Every few days I'd notice a new trap. Finally, when he got up to 14 traps, his tiny RV space looked like a landmine of cat traps. My cats were and probably are still traumatized from the sight. My next move was to call the Nevada Fish and Wildlife. I emailed the pictures of the traps. They finally showed up today and found his 14 traps. The fine? $1,000 per trap. These people also are cops that don't get to ever bust anyone, so they took it very seriously. They confiscated his traps and hit the park with 14k in fines. Afterwards, she called me asking me why I would do that. I informed her I'm not done and that I'm building a case on her and her little friend for harassment. I've since been moved to one of the best spots on the property near the million dollar RVs next to the pool and hot tub with the bar. I begged for a new spot to end this from day one, but she said, Oh, we're fully booked up all winter and won't have a spot until after Christmas. Well guys, what do you sing if you own an RV? 
the wheels on my house go round and round, round. <laughs> anyway, that is it for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for being here. I apologize for my terrible jokes, but I've got to creep a few in now and then. Until next time, peace out. Take care. enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.